Hey everyone, it's These Nuts. We are absolutely nuts about all things real estate. Whether you're buying, selling, or borrowing, we cover the topics that matter to you, and even the ones you didn't know you needed to be concerned with. We are your hosts, Shane Hollenbach, nationally recognized mortgage lender, and Jason Crittenden, one of the highest ranked realtors in all of Arizona. Jason, why does that matter? Well, because we have some advice, we have some experience, and we believe you should pay attention. And do we have any promises? We do. We'll keep it short and sweet. We'll pump out quality daily content covering real estate questions you've been dying to ask for about selling a home, buying a home, or how to get financed. You have questions? We have answers. All right, everybody. This is episode 21, part two. We're back to talk about contingencies. This time, how they differ from the buyer's point of view versus the seller's point of view, right? And who do they protect? So Shane, uh, let's just go in order of last episode. We talked first about the buyer contingency. That's where someone has to sell a house in order to buy a house. Yeah. So I think that one's very, very clear who that one protects. Well, well, it absolutely protects the buyer. Right. That uh, if they can't sell that house, they're under no contractual obligation to to proceed with the closing of the house they're trying to buy. Right. So they'll get their earnest deposit back and the seller just gets to put their house back on the market and start over. That's all they get, right? That's, no no consolation price. We call that a worst case scenario. Yeah, I mean, but that's what happens, right? The whole, that's what the contingency is for. Just in case this happens, this this is the rules. The rules are buyer gets their uh, earnest deposit back. Yeah. Seller just gets a sorry about your luck and you get to put your house back on the market. So yeah. no no uh, no benefit there to the seller. So why would a seller take, why would they take that deal? Well, I would say that it's gonna open up their pool of buyers. It does. Yeah. So back when the market crashed, um, everyone was underwater, right? Yes. All these guys were underwater. And so there were two two different people. There were folks that ended up just walking on those deals, filed bankruptcy, um, let the house go, whatever, right? But the people that actually stayed with their, their house um, and then the market about, I'd say, three years ago kind of started to turn around. They finally had equity. Yes. Those guys all, they've been waiting for this day and now they have to sell to buy. Yes. Right? So if you walked on your deal or if you were a renter, then you are non-contingent. You're buying a house without the sell of a house. Yes. But but now if you, but yeah, so. Well, now you have a house to sell. So I remember like three years ago or four years ago, it was uncommon. I mean, I'd say 90% of the, the um, offers we got were non-contingent. But then all of a sudden, over this last couple of years, I mean, it's not uncommon. You get you get a lot of offers that are contingent yeah, on sale. It's likely that, that that seller that's selling that house that's mm-hmm. looking at an offer that it has a uh, contingency on it, they're probably going to be that same person. Yeah. They need to get their house sold so that they can go buy another house. It might be like Domino's, a bunch yeah. of contingent offers. Yeah. So um, it's not ideal. I mean, let's not play games. I mean, it's not ideal to take a contingent on a, on a sale of a house. However... Um, it doesn't mean it's a bad deal, right? Exactly, exactly. If you get three offers and two of them are cash and one's contingent or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Or, um, I would still say look at it. You still look at it because perhaps it's more money, perhaps it's whatever, right? But it's just it's just another piece of pu- uh, uh, of the puzzle that you just have to consider, yep, right? Okay. It's just something, something else to consider. Now, uh, what about a financing contingency? So I'm buying your house. I have to get approved for a loan. Again, I'd say this is the lion's share of almost every deal. Yes. Who does that protect? But Okay, so back to what I was saying uh, earlier. That still opens up your pool of buyers. Oh, you say, dude, I if you said, want, I only want cash I buyers, want cash, forget luck. it. Yeah. 
for get, I mean, well, actually that's not true. Uh, I can get you a cash offer every day of the week. It's just going to be from an investor and it's going to be 80 or 90% of your loan value. If you're lucky. Yeah. You're not going to <laughs> yeah. make as much money. Oh, dude, you're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah, they say cash is king. A lot of these cash buyers, I mean, they're not stupid. They, they have all this money. They're not looking to pay full price on things, you know, often, especially yeah, the investors. Cash, the cash, they're easy. There's no contingencies. Yeah. And because of that, they want, they want something. There's a give and take. Yeah. You, you want the peace of mind of not having to worry about an appraisal. You want the peace of mind of not having to worry about me getting financed. Yeah. Well, I need a deal. So that finance, by the way, see. I can close in uh, 10 days. Um, your finance guy is going to be 30. What your motivations are. So yeah, there, there's reasons why. So that finance contingency that does absolutely protect the buyer. So again, if, if this, so this is the worst case scenario. Uh, and by the way, uh, to, to our listeners, uh, out of about a hundred and uh, close to 160 home sales in 2019 that uh, I was a part of, I would say I would say maybe we had three that failed at the end because of financing. Yeah, it's a, it's not a very common. So, thing. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is, it, it, while it is a risk that you could literally go all 30 days of a contract, uh, and then it blows up at the very end because the buyer didn't get financed. Uh, it's a final risk, approval, but it's not likely. It's it, it's highly unlikely because you know uh, most lenders aren't going to give you a prequal if this guy isn't you know somewhat a yeah. surefire, right? Um, and then, and then also conversely, if you've got a really good listing agent, I mean, like on our team, we've got a transaction manager. We're going to be asking for what's called a LSU or a loan status update weekly, and uh, that is requiring the lender to provide to us in writing with check boxes and dates. Has this happened? Has this Updates. happened? Has this happened? Yes. Has this happened? And and we know where it should be and where it shouldn't be. And if if there's an issue. Uh, then we kind of we, we there's some red flags pop up. We can identify those early yes. and correct them, right? So does that make sense? So what about an appraisal contingency? Who does that who does that favor? I think that it also favors the buyer. <laughs> Buyer's got a lot of protections yeah. here. Absolutely. So the buyers make an offer on the property. So the, they're throwing in a lot of contingencies in, into those offers, right? So they have to get a, a final approval. They also have to get an appraisal. Con, uh, uh, has to be final approved through the lender and the underwriting department. Um, but again, I, we talked about it in the last episode. You, if you offer me five hundred and it appraises four ninety, you know, you yes, it, it protects you in in that you could you don't have to pay five hundred. Like we yes. can't make you, but at the same time, you can't make me sell the house to you. Exactly. So exactly. it's kind of like a fifty fifty wash almost. Um, you know, I'm protected because you can't you can't make me do that deal. I didn't agree to four ninety. Right? You know, podcasts on farms. Yeah, uh, for those of you that are, that are listening to us, you're oh. going to hear some noises. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? <laughs> I have three kids, and there's dogs and alpacas and chickens all around me. So if you guys hear any of that stuff, I don't, I don't even notice it anymore. <laughs> but we are literally on the on the farm today, um, and we are podcasting, and uh, there might be some background noise. So let's go back. Let's go back to the appraisal piece. Yes. Uh, it it uh, there are a lot of things in the contract that absolutely do protect the buyer. But it's not necessarily at the detriment of the seller. They're okay. logical things. Yeah. They are logical things. Yeah, you know, we talked in the last episode about the inspection period. Sure. It's not necessarily contingency, but it is a due diligence period that says that... Gotta, it's got to be passed. Yep. Be I, good faith uh, effort into buying your house as long as I'm satisfied with the due diligence. Sure. Uh, that it does appraise. Mm-hmm. That I do maintain my fan- financing, and the evidence that I'm making a good faith effort is that PQF that we, that you received with the offer, the pre-qualification form. Yes, and we talked about that. I don't. But I don't Shane, you know what? So. You think about this. Like, if you're selling a house, you're probably buying a house. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, sometimes on the sales side, like, hey, I have a product, I'd like to sell it. 
but there's got to be some warranties, some some contingencies, some like, you know what I mean? Like, if you want me to buy that, I need to know a couple of things, right? Yes. But, well, when you go to buy a house, you're going to get those same protections. So Absolutely. maybe it's a little bit lopsided, it feels like, on the seller side. Like, man, all this stuff protects the buyers. But at the same time, you're going to get those same protections and you're going to enjoy the same the protections. Buyer. Yeah. Also, think about anything you buy. You know, if you go to Best Buy and you buy a computer, you've got uh, those, none of those favor the seller. You know, if you take it home, it doesn't work. They got to take it back. Yes. If, it, if it's broken, they got to fix it. Like there's a lot of contingencies in place with products you buy on the yep. market all the time. And the seller's the one that's on the hook. The buyer's the one that gets to say, didn't work for me or did. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, absolutely. I mean, I think that's just, that's just kind of the way it goes. And then finally, um, you know, we talked about uh, the inspections, you know, the, I would say that's a contingency as well. And that, that definitely favors favors the buyer as well because they're going to yes. get an opportunity to do the due diligence to have a home inspector um, visit the property, tell them everything that's wrong with the house. Which, just to set the expectations, if you never sold a house before, um, but but if you do own a house, you you do know this: when you bought your house, uh, even on a new build, there there were things wrong with it. Absolutely. Every, so every single every house will have some issues. Well, I liken it to so you're going to buy a car, right? You're yeah. going to buy a car from somebody, say on Craigslist. And you want the car. You like the price. You guys agree up on it. But you want to have a mechanic look at it. You might have a, say, hey, can I have my mechanic look at it? You're saying to the guy, I hey, I will you. shake your hand. I'm willing to spend the 20 grand that you want. Mm -hmm. I just need somebody to look at it. Yeah. It's not a, a, It's not disfavoring the seller. No. It's just a, it's a reasonable position. It's a reasonable position, yeah. And, and again, I think the I think if there's a if there's a takeaway from today, it's that it's that when you're buying something, there's going to be some reasonable expectations of hey, before I move forward, I want to make sure these certain things happen. Um, and, and I've got these contingencies to protect me. Yep. And but you're going to get those exact same protections when you go to buy your next house. Would you agree? I would agree. All right. And I'd say that is that, guys. Join us for uh, more episodes released daily on these real estate nuts. And thank you for tuning in all over the world. We are out. And that's solid gold. Yes, if you live in Arizona and you're looking to buy or sell or get a mortgage or refinance, we'd love to earn your business. Text LOAN to 602-975-2772 to reach Shane about buying or refinancing strategies. Text HOME to Jason at 602-975-2772. If you're looking to sell or buy in Arizona, or if you need a referral for out of state from my expansive national network. Guys, thanks for listening. Catch these real estate nuts on the flip side.